This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 96. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Chris Lazan. A former WordPress guy who helped people build websites, Chris is now a consultant helping various startups and nonprofits ramp up sales and support teams. Welcome, Chris. It's great to have you here today. Hey there. Great to be here. Hey, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, more than what Tara shared? <laughs> yeah, um, I've been, uh, well, I, I'm a huge nerd, just generally. Um, I love helping people a whole lot. Um, tech support's been my passion since about 2001. I've done internet tech support, hardware support, but my real passion is for SaaS um, and uh, working in SaaS businesses. And since then, I've grown up, <laughs> got, gotten older, gotten wiser, um, working with a lot of different technologies now. I have a lot of great coworkers I'm working with. A lot, have a lot of, I've made a lot of great friends in the tech community that serves as a great black book for me whenever I need help in the wider support community. And um, yeah. That's really cool. I, I want to jump right in and ask you about the work you're doing now as a consultant. Tara, Tara shared that you're helping startups and nonprofits wrap up sales and support teams. Are you doing that then from a tech standpoint? Are you doing it from more of an HR standpoint? Is it a, a collective of both? What does your services look like? What do your services look like? Well, so in, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know how many people have ever worked for early stage startups, but you could say, you know, you could sit down with somebody and go, Hey, I need you to do just tech support. I need you to take a look at our product take a look at our support tickets and our ecosystem and then give us recommendations for how to build teams and what you do and all that kind of stuff. But what actually happens is that you jump in and stuff happens because early stage startups especially could be very chaotic and a person will end up, uh, if they're doing things correctly at least, or painting in there correctly, they will be wearing multiple hats. So for me, um, I have sales experience, support experience, marketing experience, HR experience, product management experience. Uh, that's about, and technically QA experience, just because I've had to, you know, throughout the years, I've had to wear so many different hats at once, you know? Um, so it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, every day, uh, it's something different. A uh, new week comes new challenges and that's just how it goes. And it's a real, it's a roller coaster that sometimes, well, most of the time it's fun to write. Yeah, it sounds like you have so many things to choose from. What's your favorite? I don't have a favorite. I like to kind of go all over the place. Uh, it's part of why I love working with uh, smaller companies. And um, I generally prefer just smaller teams in general because I'm able to like jump all over the place. With a bigger company, it feels like a lot of roles start to harden and you start to have like almost kind of mini walled gardens within your company where you have the sales department, they do the sales stuff and the support department, they do the support stuff. Um, I like, I like all of the above usually. So you're jumping in and putting out whatever the biggest fire is. And then as that starts to get under control, you look at the other fires around it and begin to try to build systems that help prevent fires. Yeah, I, it's more like trying not to pour too much gasoline on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's awesome. So how are you how are you getting new clients in the door? How does that work for you? And how long have you been a consultant in in this current iteration of your career? It's been a oh God, I don't even know anymore. About a year has it been? Or two years? I don't. I don't remember now. I think okay. it's about a year. Um, it you know my my the people I work with haven't changed that much. Uh, it, it's been um, uh, you know I, I'm pretty loyal, and the people once I like working with somebody, I'll work with them long term. So where where I get the most action in terms of different types of work switching around is in the nonprofit area. Um, locally, I live in Ventura, California, which is kind of like a a beach community, and there's a uh, a massive college that has actually a, you know, for a community college, a pretty decent uh, computer science program. Uh, additionally, we're not that far away from like UC Santa Barbara, which also has a pretty interesting uh, tech community. There's some strange uh, tech startups that actually are based out here in the area, like uh, Linda, I think LinkedIn has a huge office here now and a couple of places like that. So I've been really trying to do things online with different groups of people and starting some things where we can try to get uh, more diversity into, into startups. Um, specifically, a lot more women, just because they're so underrepresented right now with all the different tech startups here in the area. And so just doing stuff like that has been a lot more in flux just because, you know, with like a nonprofit or like a meetup group or something like that, you know, that there's momentum that starts to pick up. And if something takes off, you know, the group becomes very, very big and that becomes kind of self-sustainable. And I kind of, I move on from the organ, organizational aspect, though I stay, stay within that community and kind of participate in it, but I'm no longer like the leader or a organizer or anything like that. So that's kind of where um, I get the most action. And the way I, way I get those uh, customers is just uh, word of mouth. Uh, you know, I, um, I, I'm a big believer in with the people I've met throughout my career the ones that are really, really good and just know what they're talking about the whole time. So I always try to stay in touch with them and vice versa. They uh, do the same with me. So more often than not, like if I really desperately need to do, work on something else or cause I'm bored or whatever, I can usually just, you know, shout out across all my different channels and say, Hey, is anything going? I'll have like a list of opportunities to choose from. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. I want to chat a little bit about your community building and your efforts at diversification of the local tech startup. Um, that's, a, that's a fantastic thing to be doing. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the logistics of how you're doing that. What, what's a formula or approach that works for you? And it can be ad hoc. It can be like, I just try to connect people. I'm not saying that you figured out the, the, the magic wand and you will wave it everywhere and problems will be solved. But what are you doing and, and, and how's that coming along? So it, it goes, goes back to why do we want to do this? You know, there are, unfortunately, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've worked with uh, s certain, certain groups where, you know, they tend, to, they tend to tout the diversity line because it seems like the, the thing to do. It's like the, the latest trend. And there's like a lack of sincerity when it comes to like honestly trying to reach out to different groups of people. Um, you know, for, for the folks that I've been working with that have been most successful, they themselves are part of the story. They are an un underrepresented uh, member of the tech community, whether they themselves are a woman, you know, they're part of the LGBTQA community or, you know, someone of, someone of a different ethnic background that isn't, you know, Caucasian. You know, all those things are generally, like, those folks that, like, step up and want to do something um, are generally the ones I've seen 
well, let me go back. The ones that have like experienced that, that lack of diversity for themselves and wanting to not be kind of alone anymore are usually the ones I think have the most sincere and best messaging and best outreach uh, strategies for that. Uh, what I kind of more focus on is like budget, like really, really unsexy stuff. Like this is how much it costs to have an office. This is how much an email marketing campaign would be, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, and I make sure to help them as much as I can with whatever technology stack they happen to use to be successful. Well, budgets, yeah, admittedly, it's not very sexy, but it's how it gets done, right? Yeah, and it's a, it's a necessary evil an that, I, yeah, I'm sorry. It's a necessary evil that you have to think about. I mean, whether you're nonprofit, business, et cetera, you have to think about how much do things cost and plan ahead. Um, I think businesses, especially businesses that have been funded, often don't do that early enough, especially when they get like that big round of funding, they're like, Oh, Oh, we can take everybody to the moon, like do a special onsite or, or we can take everybody to the movies one day and spend all this money. We'll worry about the budget later. Mm -mm. So it doesn't work that way. That's really cool. Thank you for that. Tara. No, I was going to echo that. And then I was going to ask him because it sounds like he's um, doing a lot to help other organizations be successful. So I wanted to ask him about success and what how he defines success. So I'll ask you that. Chris, how do you define success? What does it mean to you in your personal life, your private life, your professional life, however you want to define it? And it sounds like you are uh, really involving yourself in other people's success as part of that. Yeah, my um, professionally, uh, do I do something to contribute positively to the business? So the easiest way to measure that, obviously, is, you know, what was my revenue impact uh, based on the work that I did? Um, On top of that, and this has been more of a trend I've seen with companies I worked for in the past seven or eight years or so, there's generally some additional mission, like some additional goal outside of uh, just the financial impact and success of a business, like democratizing the uh democratizing the web is a big wordpress one right so um contributing to that as well and uh is really important for me uh and making sure that i'm enhancing the company's mission statement in some way personally for me um i've had i've had a lot of you know i've had a lot of uh uh different challenges in the past couple years and i used to define success as like uh what ends up in my bank account and how much money I have left over after I pay my bills and what I can do with that. Um, but ever since I've kind of gotten older and I have nephews and godchildren and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I've, I, uh, overcame a lot of health challenges myself. Um, waking up in the morning and just appreciating the day is for me success on a personal level. What kind of things do you like to do for fun? Uh, I listen to a lot of music a lot of music. Uh, I love video games. I love sci-fi fantasy uh, movies and books and anything to do with that genre. And I am a huge uh, tabletop role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons style nerd. Wow, you're all in on the nerd. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you. So, so I'm, I'm not oh, and, insulting you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, I want to go back and chat a little bit more about your your personal definition of success and how that changed in recent years and it paraphrasing your words but it used to be centered on money and and leftover income and and 
those sorts of measures. And now it's about appreciating the day. And you mentioned a couple of different things there. You had some personal health challenges and some uh, family growth, nephews and godchildren and the like. What was that mental transition process from a money to appreciating the day? Was that an overnight thing? Did that come to you in time? Was there an aha moment? Walk us through your experience. It was, it, it was overnight. I mean, it, it, it really started when I started to realize I had some serious mental health issues, but even then it didn't really, I didn't really fully manifest my appreciation, my appreciation for life until my doctor told me one day after a, uh, uh, issue with my sinuses, Hey, there's something in your cranium that is, uh, uh, blocking your sinuses and we need to take it out. And that cyst turned out to have cancer cells and that changed everything for me. So, uh, when I, uh, when I got, went through treatment and all that kind of stuff and, you know, went through all the impacts of like having to deal with like the fallout of chemo and all that kind of stuff, it was, uh, you know, I never felt sicker in my whole life. And I swore to myself that the moment I become healthy again, I will, uh, seriously change my whole entire outlook on life and reorder my priorities. And I did. Wow. How long ago was that? Uh, four and a half years ago, I want to say, or three and a half years ago. So somewhere in there. Wow. Well, congrats. I'm great with time, by the way, you can tell my time rates like somewhere five or six years ago. You know. So did you actually have brain surgery or did you have? Data? They go through your nose. Okay. Um, it's really creepy, actually. Like some of the prototypes I've seen, it's like there's this big long needle that like goes in and it can go in deeper and it starts crawling all over the place. And it can, you know, it's really creepy. Yeah. Well, I suppose. I mean, you always hear about things like this. People, you know, promising to change if they make it through things like that. And I, I always wonder um, how easy or hard it is to stick to that. It sounds like you've made a big commitment to it. it does it make it easier to stick to it when you have that always in the back of your mind? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, my, my therapist said that one of the, one of the easiest ways to get somebody to change is that they suffer from trauma or they suffer some sort of trauma. So for me, like, you know, some of the, some of the fallout of my, my symptoms was memory loss, uh, losing entire months at a time of not really remembering what I did specifically. Um, that wasn't fun. So, and then just not being able to eat very, very consistently. Um, now I can, unfortunately, much to the dismay of my stomach. But um, uh, yeah, just like things like that. Like, you know, I, I had an issue uh, for a period of time where my, uh, I couldn't close my right hand all the way. And, and that only lasted a day. I know there are people that suffer from stuff like that for a lot longer and never even get the ability to use their hand again, you know, and whatnot. But just being able to do this, Afterwards, it's a big deal for me. Like, hold, like squeezing my right hand is just, you know, huge. So those little things like that, I don't take for granted anymore. Yeah, and and as far as it's in, that that impact on your career and what you're focusing on, does that is that has that led you to this sort of more mission driven uh, agenda that you have with helping? Yeah, well, it's it's that, and it's also. I'm much more cognizant now of work-life balance. Uh, you know, only, only like less than like two years ago, I had no concept of giving myself any kind of free time. My whole life was work, 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 work. And that just wasn't sustainable. Now 
you know, when I'm talking to my boss or somebody like that and I go, Hey, I need time off. Uh, and I'm not working. I'm not going to have a 9 PM meeting with you because I'm done working at 5 PM today. And I, I need the person I work with to respect that and understand that. And that is actually one of my qualifiers with working with people is like, do they respect work-life balance? Do they, uh, respect their, you know, fellow human beings time? Um, a lot of people don't. So, um, that's, that, that's just an important thing to me when I was 25 and I, I remember being 25 and being a support manager and a 36 year old, uh, who, uh, had, he told me that, uh, he's having a mental health issue and he wanted to take time off. And I said to him, and I, and I totally regret saying this now, you're, you want to take time off for, because you feel sad. Like I totally took it for granted, you know? now that roles reversed, it's like, wow, that mental health is everything. Your health is everything. If you have, uh, no balance in your life, uh, and no, and bad health, you're completely useless to any, anything you do like business wise, personal life wise, um, hobby wise, like you can't, you can't really participate as well as other people if you don't take care of yourself. Well, that's a, amazing that you may remember saying that and the impact that it has on you know are you still in touch with that person that you said that yes I, I actually uh, helped him find a job so I, I I feel like uh I made up for it but I actually became really good friends with him after the fact too so I've I've I, I told him I told him uh, you know when I got diagnosed with depression a couple of years ago that uh I'm a big jerk and I really am really really sorry about it so Wow, that's that's really cool. A lot of times we do things in our past and we can't reconcile with the person that we did something to. So that's really great. I wasn't expecting you to say that. That's really neat. <laughs> well, we often ask people about their biggest challenges, but I think you've probably touched on that uh, quite quite uh, significantly with your with your health issues. What about in your in what you do day to day in your job? What are the biggest challenges that you face there? Just how to prioritize issues. Uh, I mentioned earlier that, you know, being in startup, startups or tech companies in general, it's very much like a roller coaster. Uh, you can choose how to write it, if that makes sense. So, you know, we're always going to have work. There's always going to be more work than you can do if, if assuming the business is growing and is successful. So uh, just sitting down and deciding, okay, I'm going to work on one, two, three today. And five, six, seven, eight is not going to happen. And I need to be okay with that because one, two, three needs to be done and it needs to be executed perfectly. So uh, that's just the biggest, I think generally that's when I talk to my colleagues, that's also their challenge is what do I work on next? What do I prioritize next? So that's, that's always like the most important thing and the most important challenge. How do you figure out what the most important thing is? Trial and error. <laughs> Failing a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it changes, right? The, the most important thing this week might not be the most important next thing next week, and the the only thing that's changed is the environment in which we're operating. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. There's no science to it. I mean, there's some science, but it's just a heck of a lot of art and good luck, right? Yeah, and and it's harder and harder if if the company you're working for is producing a product that no one's ever made before, right? So there's no market standard. There's no concept of like what is right and wrong in this market you kind of have to define that and oftentimes uh i learn more from what not to do rather than what to do if that makes sense yes 
we learning from uh, learning from mistakes. You mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you prioritize? Do you have a um, do you have a method that you use, or you said trial and error? But is there do you have a, a specific way of approaching each day, or each week, or each month? Yeah, I mean, after I always give myself, especially when I start off in a new company, I always give myself one to two months to ramp up. The first thing I want to do is do a deep dive in the product and also the ecosystem that's wrapped around it. So an example of like WordPress, um, my first WordPress job was at WP Engine. Uh, and uh, I knew enough about WordPress in the uh, e-commerce uh, sense because I came from uh, the e-commerce CMS world before I even came to the WordPress community. And so I was very comfortable with e-commerce stuff and, you know, all the concepts that that whole ecosystem has. And um, with WordPress, I knew that I didn't know anything about the blog aspect of it, the publication aspect of it. So in addition to like learning how, you know, the hosting platform is going to work and how we can support customers, I obsessively read everything I possibly could about WordPress. I went to WordCamps and met Word, WordPress people. Um, I got to know as much as I could about everything with WordPress. So I think a good support person who, you know, joins a company and they have a product, you should do yourself a favor and learn everything, not just how to support it. Why do people use the product? What's the marketing? Who are the competitors? What does the whole space look like? And uh, once you have a good understanding of that, you can then proceed to doing things like, okay, I know for sure when we prioritize support tickets, for example, we need to hit, we need to, focus on these types of customers first. Uh, I know in order for me to do that, we're going to set up our support ticket flow in such a way that's going to prioritize these tickets and yada, and it becomes kind of like a cascading waterfall effect. So essentially, uh, in short, you, be, you, you know the product, you know the ecosystem, and then from there you can kind of start guessing, okay, if we do this and this, what happens? And you just give it time to kind of uh, fester a little bit and mature and grow. And, you know, after like a month or so, we kind of take a look at the metrics and say like, you know, where does our satisfaction rating stand? What's the feedback from our customers? Let's do some customer development and figure out and hear their perspective as well. And most importantly, where is our MRR at right now? So based on all that, you can just kind of rinse and repeat. And the more you do it, the more you can perfect things and start narrowing down more what you should be working on. Um, and for me, like, you get to that point, then you can start saying, okay, today we need to work on documentation. So I need the support team to focus more on documentation today rather than support tickets. Or there is an outage. Uh, please may drop all side projects and do only support tickets. So you kind of, that's kind of how it works. Sometimes you don't get to decide how to prioritize things in the support world. Like if a bug gets released into the, into the world, or even something like that doesn't even directly impact you. Cause like the other day, for example, uh, Facebook was down and, uh, there were products that use Facebook off to use the, to, to use it. And there were, you know, all kinds of things just stopped working. Uh, I actually had some customers that used, uh, I think it was HubSpot. I think it was, they used HubSpot. They use like Facebook's auth with the HubSpot account and it dropped their whole HubSpot. Okay. So like little things like that, like, they come up and you kind of, as a support person, have to deal with it and just go with the flow. Jeez, and I thought there was some flag and support that when they saw my name coming through, that I would be the first priority. I guess that's not the way it works, is it? Well, it depends. 
<laughs> this is squeaky wheel gets a grease. Is that is that how it works? Yeah. I always hope. <laughs> we like to ask another question on this show of everyone, which is about advice. So I'll ask you if you have any advice that someone has shared with you that you can pass along that you've implemented in your own life, like one piece of advice that's, that's really stuck with you. Uh, never, ever stop growing. A human being either improves or they stop or they start falling apart. It's kind of like a muscle. If you uh, work it out, it will remain strong or get stronger. If you do not work it out, it will atrophy. And for me, my, my talent is its own muscle, like my ability to do support and do sales and communicate and consult. I have to actively like constantly uh, learn new things, uh, make contacts with people, have conversations with people about how they do things in their company and learn from them. Um, even if it's somebody that is like new to, new to working, like I, uh, uh, I got tutored last night about, um, <laughs> we're, oh, I'm doing something right now with like a, an a, a systems API doing little cute little project. And I had contacted this, uh, support person I knew who I, I, I vaguely remember from a word camp. Um, and he, uh, he was, you know, 15 years younger than me and has only been doing, this is his first tech support job, but just the way he approached explaining everything to me was done in such a way I never, you know, I never had heard it that way before. And I just thought it was masterful. So, you know, doesn't matter how, how talented somebody is or how experienced they are, they will have their own perspective and any person can inspire you to grow and change and learn. That's a great, great bit of advice. I like that. How do you, how do you address that holistically? If we're never going to stop growing, there's a lot of different ways to do so. You talked about how you're, I'll say, growing professionally by learning more and talking to people and, and reading and, and staying active there. What about the other things in life? You know, the personal side, the inner growth, the physical growth of our bodies or aging or what have you. What are your thoughts on that? How do you manage that? What, what do you prioritize? What works for you? How do you live that advice? Uh, it, it has to be intentional at all times. Like I woke up this morning, uh, it was 5am. I just couldn't sleep. I could lay in bed and read Facebook and Twitter, or I can get my lazy butt up and go run. And there's no like holisticness to that. It's, it's a choice, right? You have to be, uh, methodical and do things on purpose to be able to grow. Um, you know, there, I, I've never like naturally started jogging just for the heck of it. I have to like put on my outfit stretch, start running, stop for a second, think, okay, I think I've gone long enough. No, it's only been five minutes. Keep going, keep going. And then, you know, just keep going. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, let me ask you a little bit about uh, what Tara shared with you uh, about you earlier in our conversation as a former WordPress guy. Tell us a little bit about that. What, what, was, what was your foray into WordPress and what did you do? And, and you've shared where you are now, but what was your engagement with WordPress? And it sounds like you're doing a lot community-wise now out there in Ventura. I wonder what your engagement with the WordPress community has been over the years. Uh, I mean, I love the WordPress community. Um, some of my best friends are still full-time WordPress people. Um, bless them. Uh, I want WordPress to succeed. I think more open source is great. For me, you know, by the time, even by the time I got to WP Engine, I was already uh, seven years into working on content management systems. 
Granted, they were for e-commerce, but they were nonetheless content management systems and everything was about building websites. And even after a period of time, like the same questions I got working at my first e-commerce company were identical to the WordPress questions I got. How do I make something look this way, that way? So I just got a little burned out with um, that part of everything. And I really wanted to do something completely different. So I, I wanted to stay away from the content management system piece entirely and the things that excited me were just things like, uh, you know, docu uh, documentation tools, uh, AI, VR, chatbots, you know, all the, all, the, all the crazy stuff that is kind of brand new. And um, that, that's what's like keeping me awake and excited at night uh, working on. So um, WordPress, you know, I, WP Engine was awesome. I've worked at Automatic. That was awesome too. Uh, everybody that I know in the WordPress community are some of the smartest, most caring, wonderful people I've ever met. And it's a very supportive community. I know if I go on Twitter, sometimes it may not seem that way, um, especially lately. But um, I, I know, like, you know, I know so many people in the WordPress community that are like the main drivers of the whole community and their hearts are made of pure gold. And they really mean, uh, they really want to make the world better. And I love that about everybody. I agree. Yeah, that's been my experience and many of the people that we've spoken to. I think we, we're all invested in the WordPress community and it inspires you to kind of give back to it as well. What kind of things have you done? Do you have a local community there that you participate in still or what's your... You know, we we, we used to have one. It, so, you know, if you've never been to Ventura before, the whole Ventura County area is very spread, spread apart. So it's very hard to build any kind of a community. I had more success just doing it online, like having like Zoom sessions with people all across Ventura County. Um, so, and I've, I've definitely been inspired by watching people put together WordCamps and stuff like that. We did have WordCamp Ventura, I think it was 2014 once, and it was actually great. And it was awesome because it was like a 50 person WordCamp, which I've never been to a WordCamp that small before, but it was, it was awesome. It was intimate, it was great. Uh, WordCamp LA, WordCamp Orange County still happen around here. I haven't been, I haven't been in one of those in a while. Uh, I don't know if I plan to anytime soon, but, um, uh, my partner is very active in the WordPress community still. So I still get to hear about all the fun WordPress stuff. Yeah, that must be interesting to be outside looking in and, 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 fond memories, but also, you know, you, you talked about wanting to move on and, and seeing new challenges that way. So kind of come back in when you want and stay away when, when, when it's right for you. So we, we've got just a little bit of time here left. And before we say goodbye to you, Chris, uh, I want to thank you for joining us out here in our virtual hallway. And I want to ask you where people can find you online, please. So I have a Twitter account, uh, at SquireX2. I'm not that active on Twitter, though. So uh, my Facebook, I do have a Facebook account. Some people can find it, but it's mostly for private stuff. My, my favorite spot for people to find me on is on Instagram, at SquireX2. Uh, I love food. I love Disneyland. And I love nerdy stuff. So you see a lot of pictures of me doing all that kind of stuff. And it's really just the best place to follow me. That sounds great. I'll have to check it out. Thanks so much for joining us, Chris. It's really been a pleasure chatting with you and we appreciate your sharing with us today. Oh, thank you all. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, 
meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.